SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. It's not that Hurts was really that much better than Carson Wentz, but this is what you get when you put a scrambling quarterback in there. He made probably a half a dozen plays that Carson Wentz would have been sacked. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, December 16th morning. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours. Taking your phone calls as we always do. 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll free. 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here again on a Wednesday, December 16th. Bama remains number one, but who's number four? Wrong team one. Has Harbaugh coached his last game at Michigan? This bucket has sprung a leak. The buck stops here. Harden certainly not gutless. Uh, time to visit the NFL strip clubs. MLB at war again. Dallas doubles down on Mikey. And like him or not, he is a bit of a goofball. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on, again, this Wednesday, uh, December 16th morning. Well, what's going on, my friends, LLs, loyal listeners? It is hump day. <clears throat> Hopefully you get a little action uh, for uh, you to live out that at home. <clears throat> Yours truly is not. Uh, yes, a little college football talk today as we get the, the latest college football poll from yesterday. Causing a whole lot of controversy. Uh, we got some NFL notes to get to. Lane Kiffin's at it again. Baseball's at it again. What what a farce baseball. It really, I mean, can you like piss away more fans than what baseball does? It is just absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, the thought, the fantasy of Nick fans, really, more than anybody else, realistically, because the Lakers obviously made their lot with uh, LeBron and with Anthony Davis, it was the you know the goofy Nick fan that was living the fantasy that the Greek freak who's really not Greek is going to come to New York, and all that was put to bed yesterday as he resigns with the Milwaukee Bucks. So we got a number of things to get to, and it's uh, time to strip down in the NFL. Yep, uh, we're, we're going to give you the top five teams that really just need to trade all their assets and, and just start all over again. And, and just, you know, what's the point, you know, trying to win? You're living in purgatory with some of these teams. A couple are surprised. A couple are obvious. But uh, a little fun today as we strip down a couple of clubs and, and start from scratch. And the Dallas Cowgirls, uh, you know, had to double down on Mike McCarthy. You know, we heard Stephen Jones yesterday say that Mike McCarthy's job is safe. and then uh, Or two days ago, actually. And then yesterday, it came through again with, uh, you know, the real owner, his uh, father, Jerry Jones saying again, but these two just love being on the radio. I mean, they love being on the radio more than I do. It's amazing. But Jerry was on the radio yesterday also saying that uh, McCarthy's job is absolutely positively safe. 
So there's no thought whatsoever of him being fired. So take that to the bank, Dallas Cowboy fans. All right, this is Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Wednesday morning. A lot to get to. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up again until 7 a.m. Eastern time. We'll start with some college football. Let's welcome in our uh, radio audience. So the new poll came out. I, I tell you, you know, I generally don't let others influence what I say, and what others say is fine. You know, they, they have their platform. And, but my boy, uh, Tim uh, Brando, who I used to work with over at Sporting News way back when, uh, a good guy, great guy, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, he he was just – and he's as college football as college football can be, right? You know, unless you work for the four-letter network, if there's one other guy, it, it is Timmy B. He just lives and breathes college football, college basketball, college baseball he follows. He, he really is kind of the face uh, announcing-wise of, of college sports. So when he rips the selection committee, then you know, right? You know, it's one thing for me. I'm just a dope – but when uh, when my guy Timmy B rips them, then you know it's serious. And he just torched them. I mean, just absolutely torched them. He must have got up on the wrong side of the bed yesterday because he just crucified the committee, and, and rightfully so. I mean, but it's it, it's the only thing I'm surprised about with, with Timmy is that, you know, you were expecting something else. Uh, really, I mean, you were expecting something else. I, I wasn't. I've given up on this committee, you know, being independent and being soul searchers and doing the right thing and the fair thing. That that ship sailed a long, long time ago, and it was proven again yesterday. Top four teams remain the same. I'm not surprised about that or upset. Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State, despite not playing, remained four at five and zero. Oh. Texas A&M moves up a notch to, or actually Texas A&M was five yes uh, last time. That uh, they stayed number five at seven and one. Iowa State uh, is now at six at, at eight and two. Florida drops. We'll get to that in a second to seven. Georgia is eight. Cincinnati drops a notch to nine, despite not playing last week. And Oklahoma rounds out the top 10. So I am a little surprised Oklahoma is not a little higher. <clears throat> Same thing with Iowa State. But that just goes to show the bias that this committee clearly, and, and I mean just clearly has for the SEC. That That is the overall. We'll get into the debate on whether Cincinnati got screwed or whether Florida is this or Georgia is that. But ultimately... This this committee just has a complete bias towards the SEC. Four teams, four in the top eight. We've mentioned this before, and it's just ridiculous. You're, you're not getting a fair shake out of this committee. You really are not. We'll discuss it. 844-843-6879. Interesting your thoughts as well. It's a Wednesday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Wednesday morning, 15 uh, past the hour, 12 minutes past the hour. You're truly sitting in until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our poll question is up. Uh, let's first get the recap of yesterday's poll question, in which I asked which NFL power team is in the most trouble come playoff time. Pretty good response. Uh, the winner, if you will, Pittsburgh at 51%, uh, Baltimore 31%, New Orleans at the 14%, and the other. 
at uh, 4%. So this question today, uh, with the uh, Greek freak, who's really not Greek, signing his uh, extension yesterday and committing to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks for the next uh, at least four years. He has an opt clause. It's a five-year contract. But uh, who should be the highest-paid player in the NBA? Uh, the Greek freak, LeBron James, other or uh, all are overpaid babies. So uh, get your vote. You know, that's one thing about the NBA. Whenever you do a poll, you always have to if you want people to respond to, you know, if you want the most people anyway, which is what you want to respond to your poll question, you have to throw in there something anti NBA. It's amazing. You don't have to do that with the with the NFL. You don't have to do that with Major League Baseball. Um you don't have to you don't have to do that with uh with the NHL. But NBA, yeah, if you want to get like the the fan who says, ah, you know what, I don't care about that sport. You know, even in NHL, you'll get a guy that'll just put down Mario Lemieux or Sidney Crosby or whoever. Um, but it's the NBA that you gotta throw in that that you know jab at the NBA. So we have other and all are overpaid babies. So go to your office of picks feed, uh, get your vote in there, and then we'll update that a few more times uh before we are through. So uh college football yesterday, right? So Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Texas AM five. No surprise there. Iowa State is six. They they moved up one slot. Uh, with Florida dropping down one slot to number seven, Georgia eight, Cincy nine, Oklahoma ten. All right, here we go. We'll start with Iowa State, which I I, I don't you know the the committee has two love affairs. They have a love affair with the SEC, clearly having four teams uh, in the top eight, which is just idiotic. It really with two of those teams having two losses. I I mean that that is just amazing to me. Florida drops one spot. They went from six to seven. They lost to a pathetic three-win-at-the-time LSU team that just got hammered, just got absolutely buried by Alabama the week before, and they only dropped one slot. Why, you may ask? What's the, you know, what, what's the reasoning behind that, uh, Scott? It's because in case Florida wins against Alabama, and I don't think they will. I think they're going to get crushed. But that said, in case Florida wins, they want to be able to bump Florida into the Final Four. It's as clear as day. You know, Dan Mullen, head coach of the Gators, I thought he was dumb for saying what he said about, you know, their game against LSU being meaningless <clears throat> because his team played that way. But in the end, he was right. He was right, you know, and, and you got to respect him for that. He, you know, he was analyzing this thing, and he broke it down. Come hook or crook, they had to beat Alabama. Whether they beat LSU or lost to LSU, you know, unless they were going to lose to LSU by 40 points, but ultimately they had to beat Alabama. And so what the committee did was they made Florida stay as close as possible to that number four slot, because if they did upset Alabama, they didn't want to jump them from like 12 to four. How would they ever explain that? They, they had to make Florida within striking distance just in case they beat Alabama. I mean, it's as clear as day. Uh, it, it would be a very difficult thing. But listen, that's why they're the committee, because they're supposed to know more than everybody else, because they're supposed to do the research. Again, I don't think Florida's doing it. Uh, but if, in fact, they did, you know, are you not going to put Alabama in the Final Four despite having one loss, which is going to be, you know, uh, less or just as many, if not fewer than all but three teams, uh, maybe two? Um, you know, no, you, you got to put Alabama in, right? So. If you put Alabama in, then how can't you put Florida in to just beat them? I mean, that would be stupid, right? So I, I know why they did it. it it's as you know, transparent as transparent can be, but I wish they would just say that. I, I wish they would come out and say, well, you know what? What if Florida wins? We got to give them the benefit of the doubt because 
they do kind of control their own destiny, so we got to keep them closed. But they're never going to say that. But they only dropped them one spot. If you're going to go, as the committee has said, time after time after time after time, if you're going to go week by week by week, and each week is different because the resumes of all these teams change from week to week. It's not like, okay, if you're five and you win, you're going to stay five. No, if the team below you, six, seven, eight, or nine, comes up with a monster victory, they can leapfrog you. That's the one thing the committee has shown uh, that I appreciate over the years, as that they are willing to jump teams because of better victories. So that said, listen, you drop them down to 10, and if Florida wins against Alabama, then that's where you have your debate. Should Florida get in with, with two losses? You know, it's as simple as that. It would look weird if they beat Alabama and didn't get in. But again, that's why you're the selection committee, because you're supposed to be analyzing these things. So that's strike number one. Florida drops only one spot, which is moronic. Iowa State moves up one spot, despite not playing. Oklahoma moves up a spot uh, to number 10, despite not playing. So what does that mean? Well, that means now that the winner of Iowa State and Oklahoma, as I thought they would do, Although I did think that they would bump Iowa State above Texas A&M. I, I, I did. Uh, and I thought maybe, just maybe, even more so, that they would jump Oklahoma even higher. I thought they would jump Oklahoma to number eight, to tell you the truth. If not seven. I figured Florida would drop lower. I, I figured they would uh, leapfrog Cincinnati. I thought they would leapfrog Georgia as well. I really thought that Iowa State and Oklahoma would be just a tick higher this way if Ohio State loses to Northwestern. And then you have the out of, okay, you know what, uh, you know, uh, Ohio State is clearly out, but then we can have the winner of the Big 12, who are only going up from six or seven or eight to, to the number four spot. So, but they didn't do that, but they did jump, uh, you know, both those teams up a little bit. And, and Cincinnati falls despite not playing. So you got a number of teams that didn't play that went up, and you have one team in Cincinnati that didn't play that actually went down. That doesn't seem fair. Uh, Ohio State, I, I tell you, the other thing is, uh, there's a number of them, but another one is Ohio State is number four. Oh, okay, you know what? I don't have a problem with Ohio State being number four. I'd like to have seen them play a couple of more games, but it is what it is. It wasn't Ohio State that was bailing out of these games. It was the competition. Big Ten this year sucks. We all know that. Uh, you know, they play the who's on their schedule. The only team that, you know, really they're going to miss playing this year is, is going to be Iowa. Uh, you know, Michigan stinks. They, they beat Michigan State. They stink anyway. They beat uh, Penn State. They stink anyway. Uh, they're going to be playing Northwestern, the second-best team in the conference. They already beat the third-best team uh, or the second, depending how you want to look at it, Indiana. So, I mean, they're not really avoiding anybody. And if they are, it's not their fault anyway. So I got no problem them being four. What's interesting, though, is that they give the love affair to Ohio State. They give them the benefit of the doubt, the Buckeyes, putting them number four despite five wins, right? But they clearly hate the Big Ten because they have six and one Indiana at 11 and six and one Northwestern at 14. So it doesn't make, you know, I, I try and, you know, get consistency out of this thing. If you don't respect the Big Ten enough to put their second and third best teams, higher than 11 and 14, then how do you turn around and give the respect to Ohio State and put them number four? You know, you, you can't have it both ways. Which one is it? Do you respect the Big Ten or don't you respect the Big Ten? If you respect the Big Ten, you put Ohio State four as they did, and you put six and one Indiana and six and one Northwestern, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, certainly over a two-loss Florida and a two-loss Iowa State and a two-loss Georgia team, right? And a two-loss Oklahoma team. I mean, Indiana's one loss came to Ohio State, the thing that you think is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and that was a one-score game. 
You know, Northwestern has one loss against a, you know, happy, decent club. Or actually, it was Michigan State, but it wasn't. But one loss. Listen, so, that's a, you know, that, that's a pretty good football team. And yet they're only 14. And, you know, what, what, you know wait a minute. You're, you're bending over backwards to help Ohio State, but you're screwing over all the other members of the conference. Doesn't make sense. Louisiana Lafayette. I've been harping on this. I, I might be the only one. But the wrong team won. The wrong team won. I'd like to know what the selection committee would do. Louisiana Lafayette beat Iowa State at Iowa State. But they did lose North Carolina, which doesn't have a great non-conference game. I wonder what would be the situation with Delaware. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our years truly Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Wednesday morning, talking a little college football. We'll get it to the NFL and uh, we'll strip down some team, little baseball talk as well, and some uh, Greek freak NBA extension talk uh, coming up here in a sec. But let me finish up with the college football as we're breaking down the uh, committee's uh, top uh, 25 from yesterday. Again, Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Texas AM five. Uh, no surprises there, and we figured as much. The surprises start at uh, six with Iowa State. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I would like to know. Listen, you can play the what if game. I, I get that. You could do that, you know, infinitum uh, forever, right? So, but I, I do wonder. I've harped on this, and I, I might be the only one. I don't know why, but uh, Louisiana Lafayette is nineteen. All right, so who cares, Scott? It's Louisiana Lafayette. I understand that, but Coastal Carolina is 12, okay? Coastal Carolina is 11-0, and 0, and Louisiana Lafayette is 9-1, hence the 11-0 uh, Coastal Carolina being higher. And Coastal Carolina did beat Louisiana Lafayette at Louisiana Lafayette, so no qualms about Coastal Carolina. However, their non-conference wins have come against Kansas and Campbell. Not exactly a who's who of college football. Louisiana Lafayette's non-conference wins include Iowa State at Iowa State. The same, the same Iowa State that has two losses, not just Louisiana Lafayette. They lost to Oklahoma State as well. The same Iowa State team that has two losses, one at home, one on the road, that is now ranked sixth, sixth in the country. How do you explain that? Louisiana Lafayette has a better record, and they beat Iowa State, and they beat them on the road, and yet not only is Iowa State ranked higher than Louisiana Lafayette, they are ranked way higher at 6 versus 19. So my question would be in the what-if game, what if Louisiana Lafayette, who's their first and only loss? Coastal Carolina, unfortunately, at home. Which, again, you know, don't discredit Coastal Carolina. That's obviously a pretty good football team. They beat Louisiana Lafayette. They beat App State. They beat BYU last week or two weeks ago. But they don't have that signature, signature win. Unfortunately for the Sun Belt, 
Louisiana Lafayette has that signature win at Iowa State, but they lost to Coastal Carolina. Now, they're going to play again in the Sunbelt Championship this weekend, but, you know, uh, the cat's out of the bag already. You know, Coastal Carolina, the undefeated team, unfortunately, isn't the team that beat Iowa State. What if Louisiana Lafayette had beaten Coastal Carolina? Where would they be? You could yell and scream all you want about Cincinnati, and, and you know, maybe rightfully so, as, as my guy Timmy B has done, but Cincinnati really hasn't beaten anybody. You know, they're in the uh, the AAC. It's a little bit of a down year this year. You know, Memphis isn't nearly as good. Central Florida is not nearly as good. Houston's not nearly as good this year. Decent teams, don't get me wrong, but not like last year or two years ago uh, and three years ago with Central Florida. It's not on that level. It's definitely a tick back. So Cincinnati really doesn't have that signature win this year. But Louisiana Lafayette does. So again, what if Louisiana Lafayette had beaten Coastal Carolina and they were 10-0, and not 9-1? and And one of those wins against you may be your Big 12 champ. I mean, how, how would the selection committee ever, ever, ever justify putting Iowa State that high and Louisiana Lafayette that low? They have the out now because LL lost to CC, but... Like I said, what if what if Lafayette had beaten Coastal? They only lost by three, close game, and it figures to be a good game in the Sun Belt Championship. Maybe, maybe the best game out of all the championships, to tell you the truth, right? I mean, USC should blitz Oregon. You know, Ohio State's a double-digit favorite. Even Clemson's a double-digit favorite over Notre Dame, which I think is a farce, but they'll be a double-digit favorite. I'm not sure what Alabama is over Florida, but I'm guessing after this past week, I haven't checked. I bet they're a double-digit favorite. The Sun Belt might be the best conference championship game out of all of them, to tell you the truth. But uh, they're getting screwed. And then for USC, listen, nothing for nothing. It's the Pac-12, and I have no sympathy for any of those schools. They didn't want to play football this year. They started as late as possible. Uh, hopefully, to, in their eyes, I'm sure that the college football world would be shut down before they got underway. No two ways about it. But that all said, throw that all out the window. You know, USC is sitting there undefeated at 5-0 and at 13. Ohio State is sitting there at 5-0 and at 4. Explain that one to me, Lucy. Well, we, we, we know now. Listen, USC, they have pulled some games this year out of their ass that that just you know, including last week, which not only did they get the win against UCLA, but they got the miracle cover, which was good because that was our best play of the day. Uh, knock on wood. I mean, but you know, what is USC doing at thirteen? And again, Ohio State, same record, albeit not different competition. But again, you know, the Big Ten clearly they think the Big Ten stinks. Why is Ohio State getting the benefit of the doubt, but not USC? I mean, is, is the Pac-12 that much worse than the Big Ten? I don't think so. They're probably on par. I mean, USC was supposed to be good this year. It's not like they were supposed to be awful. You know, they're a good football team. Uh, you know, maybe they haven't lived up to expectations winning these games by double digits. And, and again, pulling a couple of them out of their butt, no two ways about it. But they've won. They're 5-0. and but they want no part. I mean, the, the selection committee wants absolutely no part of the Pac-12. They have made that as clear and as clear can be. And finally, with Cincinnati, before we move on, I, I told you, I, I mean, I told you, I told you, I told you. I, that's why I don't get upset about it because it's not, you know, I only get upset about things that I think will occur or should occur. Well, I was going to say should, but uh, that things, you know, will occur and they don't. I've given up the fight on a non-power team getting into the Final Four. It's not happening. It's 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 just not happening. Um, and, and I am a firm believer 
that there's not an 18 playoff this year because they know they'd have to include a non-Power 5 team in there. They couldn't, you know, they can get away with four Power 5 teams. They couldn't get away with eight this year, especially this year. Not with Cincinnati, not with Coastal Carolina, you know, and not not with Louisiana Lafayette, not not with, you know, before last week, BYU. They, they couldn't. They, they would have had to have put one non-Power 5 team in there, if not two. And they just don't want to do that. They don't want to expose some of these Power 5 teams because the perception is they're so much better than all the others, and they're not. You know, they're better than most. Uh, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the better non-Power 5 teams, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, Louisiana Lafayette, BYU, those clubs can more than hold their own against some of the better teams. And even if they don't, then they don't. You know what? If, if you get blown out in the first round, then so be it. But the selection committee, the, the Power 5 uh, chancellors and presidents and bosses, they want no part of that. They, they just don't want any part of that. And you know what? They have an excuse because the AAC isn't great this year. Forget about watching actually Cincinnati play. They, they, they drop. They have no chance in the world. None. That's why Iowa State at 8-2 and two is ranked 6. That's why Florida at 8-2 and two is ranked 7. That's why 7-2 and two Georgia is ranked 8. And that's why Oklahoma at 7-2 and two with a chance to move up, depending on what happens in their Peak 12 championship game, will no doubt move ahead of Cincinnati as they sit there at 10. I, it's just there is no path. There really isn't. You know, Alabama beats uh, beats Florida. Okay, they're out, but Alabama's in. Uh, you want to tell me Notre Dame beats Clemson, that, that Clemson would fall out? You know, maybe. Uh, Northwestern beats Ohio State. You want to tell me Ohio State falls out? Maybe. Okay, so now you got two open spots. Uh, you're going to go Texas A&M would probably end up getting one of those, and the winner of the Big 12 championship game would get the other one. Boom, there you go. Simple as that. You know, it, it, you, don't have to go, you don't have to go very far to exclude Cincinnati if you're looking to exclude them. And that's what they are. So the whole thing is a crock. It, it, it really is. Um, you know, the biggest fault, and we'll get next hour into an 18 playoff, but the biggest thing they say is that an 18 playoff will make these conference title games meaningless, right? You hear that all the time. You know, the conference championship games will have no meaning because most of the teams both will be in. They'll be playing for nothing. Well, I beg to differ in that most conference championship games this year are going to be meaningless. I mean, Alabama versus Florida. Isn't that meaningless for Alabama? Win, lose, draw, Alabama's in. Meaningless game for them. Notre Dame, Clemson. Isn't that meaningless? I, I believe both are in. And, you know, unless there's blowouts in all these games, but you can always throw what ifs. But otherwise, Notre Dame's in, I think, even if they lost to Clemson. Clemson's in, even if they lost to Notre Dame, because they're going to say, listen, one, we got Trevor Lawrence, and two, all right, we lost to the number two team in the country twice. One time in double overtime at their place with our backup quarterback and maybe another time in this championship game. But that's a, no, no, no harm in being the third best team in the country. They're in. Notre Dame's in. Clemson's in. Isn't Ohio State and Northwestern basically a, a, a meaningless game? It's a dangerous game. It's a, it's a game that you don't want teams and conferences to be in. In that, I mean, let's face it. You know, they're all in this to make money, right? You know, it, it, does the Big Ten benefit at all? I mean, at all, if Northwestern wins that football game and knocks Ohio State off the perch? Of course not. So now you have the conference championship game, and everybody, and I mean everybody in the conference, hell, even the Northwestern AD is probably rooting for Ohio State to get that team into the Final Four. Is that what you want? But if there was an 18 playoff, you could say the winner of this gets to be in the 18 playoff. It would add meaning to the conference championship game versus meaningless. 
And isn't USC Oregon a meaningless, you know, conference championship game since clearly the selection committee wants nothing to do with the Pac-12? I mean, so I gave you the four top, you know, conference championship games, four of the five anyway, and, and they're meaningless. The only one that really has some meaning is Iowa State and, and Oklahoma, if you think they got an outside shot. One out of five. So this talk about how conference championship games would lose their meaning and they want to avoid that. It, it's that's the year basically every single year. And, and especially this year, they just broke it down. It means nothing for Alabama, means nothing for Notre Dame Clemson. Uh, it, it means everything but, you know, the worst thing for Ohio State. And it means nothing for USC and Oregon. That's what college football is serving. Basically. All right, NBA, the Greek freak is really not Greek. Stays in Milwaukee. That's next. Maybe it was the bad SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. How about that? All those great plans the NBA had. All those great plans the New York Knicks fans had. All those great fans the Knicks had. All those great plans Tom Thibodeau planned out. All being flushed down the drain today as uh, Giannis decides to stay in Milwaukee. Which is surprising because if you ever been to Milwaukee, you know, <laughs> no offense, Milwaukee, I live in New York, so who's the, you know, throwing the rocks in glass houses? That's for sure. But boy, the fantasy of the NBA's biggest star this side of LeBron James, but certainly the youngest and everything else, coming to New York next year if he would have played out his option and be in the face of the NBA. My good, I, I tell you what he could have made playing here in New York. Uh, you know, he's making, listen, good money. Don't get me wrong. He gets a five-year, $228 million Supermax deal and includes an opt-out, obviously. You know, I don't know how these dopey owners negotiated the ability for players to opt out of contracts. I mean, and that is so dumb, but uh, they gave it to them. So he can leave after four years. Why would he? Because if four years from now, you know, $40 million plus, believe it or not, might not be the going rate. You know, it might be $60 million four years from now. So you opt out. He's young enough. He's going to be 31, and you get a $60 million a year contract. It's, it's just amazing. But he ends up staying in Milwaukee. Five years, $228 million, sent out a, a message on social media saying, this is my home. This is my city. I'm blessed to be able to be a part of the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Let's make these years count. Show goes on. Let's get it. This is a big moment for me and my family. I want to thank the Bucks organization and believing in us. 
You took a chance on us eight years ago, and now putting my signature on a contract like this is unreal. So, listen, I give him credit. I'm not ripping him, really. Making fun of him, yes, but uh, not necessarily ripping him because if loyalty is his reason for re-signing with the Milwaukee Bucks, then you know what? Kudos to him. You know, if that's it, if it's not the city, if it's not because he thinks he can win Milwaukee, uh, if it's not because of anything else outside of you drafted me, you know, a little skinny little kid from the middle of nowhere, and you took a chance on me, and I want I want to respond to that loyalty, and I want to repay that loyalty back, then you know what? That's cool. I, I, I got no problem with that. I am just surprised because I, I'm telling you, it's been a long, 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 long time since the New York area, and I include New Jersey, Connecticut, and that has had a big-time athlete. Forget about NBA. I mean, you really think about it. You know, the, the biggest athletes here in this area, and I, there really aren't any Jersey ones. You can give, uh, you know, Marty Brodeur in the NHL, but th that doesn't really resonate in New York. New York resonates in New Jersey, but New Jersey really doesn't resonate in, in New York. Uh, the dopey Big Ten doesn't realize that with Rutgers, but eventually they will if they haven't learned that out the hard way. So forget about any New Jersey teams. Uh, we'll start in the NBA with the Knicks. The, the Knicks have been so bad for so long. You know, you can go back to Latrell Sprewell, you know, but, you know, he wasn't on that level. You got to probably go Patrick Ewing. But it's been a long, it's been 20 years since Patrick Ewing donned a Nick uniform. So 20 years of just putrid Knicks basketball, right? Uh, Brooklyn, uh, you know, you can go back to the Jason Kidd days, but again, that's when they were in New Jersey. Even the NBA New Jersey teams, forget about NHL with, with the Devils. E even those New Jersey teams that went back-to-back -back NBA finals, that really didn't resonate here in New York. So, you know, don't even give me, you know, Jason Kidd and, and the Nets. Nothing there. Uh, NHL, Rangers. You know, you probably got to go back to the Mark Messier days with the Rangers. You know, Islanders are insignificant. You know, Devils are insignificant. Uh, baseball. You want to give me Derek Jeter? I still say to this day, Derek Jeter, as much fanfare as he's received since his retirement, and, and maybe the last year or two, but otherwise, he was the most nondescript superstar athlete, and may, maybe in all of sports, believe it or not. I, I mean, he was never, ever, ever considered this lovable, greatest Yankee of all time. He wasn't the best Yankee. He wasn't the most beloved Yankee when he was playing with the Yankees. It only took him the last couple of years. And even then, when he was asking for a big contract, people were pissed off at him. He, he was not... No, I, I, it's not uh, it's not Derek Jeter. You know, in the end, a little bit, but that was more of an appreciation of everything he's done for his career. It's like a, getting a career award. Like, okay, oh by the way, you know what? You end up accumulating all these numbers. Gee, you were you were actually pretty good, weren't you? You know, that's kind of how it was with with Derek Jeter. People didn't appreciate how, how good he was when he was playing. It, it was only like afterwards did they start realizing, wow. This guy's going to end up being one of the greatest. And this guy may end up being the greatest, you know, shortstop of all time. It's one of those things with him. So I'm not, not going to put him on there. You know, at baseball, you, you know, you want to go back to, to, believe it or not, Reggie Jackson. You know, they've had a number of superstar players. But, you know, the, those teams that were sticking needles in their ass winning World Series, they did it as a collective whole. It wasn't like one guy sticking a needle in his ass. I mean, it was really it was like a, a collection. They're they all, you know, pretty good players. Uh, whether it was O'Neal or whether it was Posada, whether it was uh, Reuter Andy Pettit, 
you know, or whether it was, uh, you know, some of the others. If, if there wasn't like this one megastar that was so much better than everyone else, you know, you probably have to go back. And, and for the Mets, the Mets have stunk for so long. Uh, although you, you could say with the Mets, they've had more. You know, D- David Wright would be probably the one, to tell you the truth, uh, that, that stood out. Football-wise, you know, you want to go back to Lawrence Taylor? You, you want to go that far back before the last time the Giants really had a mega, mega star? Um, you know, Eli, obviously. I, I suppose you could give Eli, you know, give him the, the reign there, champ. But point being, uh, it's been a while since New York has had like that super, super star. You're not only big here in New York, you're big everywhere. Like Derek Cheater was never big outside of New York. He, he wasn't, not until the end. So that, that's what I mean by, you know, if the Greek freak is really not Greek, would have come here to New York. Mike, he would have just owned this city. He, he just, And he's so good that as long as you put just halfway decent talent around him, playing in the Eastern Conference as well, as he is now, obviously, with Milwaukee. But, you know, the Knicks have enough talent around him like Milwaukee does that they would have been obviously a playoff team, and they would have been a top one, two, or three team in the Eastern Conference for sure. They would have been successful, point being. He would have just owned this city. Wow, and the amount of money he would have made endorsement-wise, if he goes to Nike or Puma, I don't know which shoe company he's with, but if he went to one of those shoe companies and said, you know what, I'm thinking about going to New York. Uh, you're paying me uh, $20 million a year now. How much would you pay me if I put a Nick uniform on for the next five years? Oh, you, you talk about tripling, quadrupling. Name your price, Giannis. You come to New York and you want to wear my sneakers? He would have went from a $20, $25 million a year shoe company contract, whatever he makes, to 100 He, he would have quadrupled his, his contract. Oh, he could have made a gazillion dollars. If it was all about money, and you're going to hear a lot about the money with him because of, you know, obviously $228 million. But that pales in comparison to what he could have made. It pales into comparison the attention he would have given this league. Oh, uh, if you're Adam Silver, you are sulking today. Yep, you, you dropped it. The, the golden goose ends up laying an egg, staying in Milwaukee. Doesn't go to the Lakers. Doesn't go to the Knicks. Doesn't go to a prominent team. Doesn't go to Boston. It, it stays in Milwaukee. Wow. That's that's a that's a blow to the NBA. Good for the Bucks, and in the end, it's good for the NBA because it does make a so-called small market team, uh, you know, competitive for the next four years. But if you're just David Stern here, thinking money, 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 exposure, then uh, it's not good for the league. How about James Harden? You see that picture? Uh, someone uh, snapped the photo of Harden practicing with the Rockets yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, to say he's a little overweight. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he's, as I mentioned at the top of our show here, he's not gutless. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Say what you want about James Harden, but he's not gutless. No, he's got himself a little gut there. You know, God forbid you should pay a guy 40, $45 million a year. And he comes into camp, you know, a little bit uh, in shape. You know, is that asking too much? I mean, we're paying you 40 plus million dollars a year for the next three years. Oh, by the way, is it asking too much just to come into camp? albeit late in shape. I mean, he looks like an overweight, over-pampered, over, you know, everything athlete. That That's what he looks like. A guy who's not happy about where he is, and his only recourse is to eat, eat, 
eat. I'm going to stop at McDonald's. I'm going to stop at Burger King. I'm going to stop at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then I'm going to go for dinner. That That's what James Harden basically has done, it seems like, over the last couple of weeks. Man, 40-plus million dollars, and you've uh, served up a fat slob. Congratulations. And how are you going to trade him now? You know, is Harden thinking here, if he really wants out, right? You know, other teams are questioning whether he has the desire to play anymore. Is it really worth it? Do we want to bring this guy in? Is he much, uh, you know, too much of an over-pampered player? Is he going to make all these kind of demands? You know, you got to sell yourself to these other teams, right? Coming in 15 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it is, overweight. That, that's not exactly selling yourself to the other NBA clubs, James. Uh, I mean, you, you need to get uh, out there and get in shape and start playing basketball and showing the world that, you you know, you just don't want to be in Houston, that's all. Uh, no crime, I suppose, in that. You want out even though you're under contract, but to show up, you know, a good 10, 15 pounds overweight. I mean, what a bozo. I, I tell you, again, another example of why, you know, people don't like the NBA. You don't get baseball players doing that. You don't get football players doing that. Hell, football players, half of them, you want to be fat because they're offensive and defensive linemen. You don't get hockey players showing up uh, out of weight like this. Now, only the guys making $40, 45000000 million a year. I know it's training camp. Uh, old days, it happened all the time, but this is 2020. 2020 in sports, you show up at training camp in shape. You don't use training camp anymore to get in shape. Those days are long, 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 long gone. No, you show up in shape, and he obviously has not. So he doesn't want to play. He's not going anywhere. Who would trade for him? Knowing that he's overweight, knowing that he cares so little about being in shape, who's going to trade for a guy that's set to make almost $150 million over the next three years. You'd have to be nuts. You'd have to be crazy to trade for him at this point, especially if Houston wants equal value, which not happening, not happening. Hey, good news on uh, Keontae Johnson. Uh, we haven't discussed it that much, but he's the Florida college basketball player that uh, collapsed over the weekend, you know, playing a game against uh, Florida State. You know, they call a timeout. Everything seems fine. He just dunked the basketball, and uh, he walks out of the huddle to get back on the court after the timeout and just goes down, just flat, boom, down. Uh, taken to the hospital, induced coma and everything else, and in really critical condition. There was serious, serious concern, as there still is. Uh, but at least now they're saying that he's in stable condition and that uh, he's you know, now you know awake and, and even did FaceTime with the team. So... Uh, that that is obviously great, great news uh, for Keontae Johnson, and hopefully he continues on his way to recovery. All right, Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning. We'll close that hour number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. morning take you right up until midnight or midnight right up until uh, 7 a.m eastern time i'm confusing my shows here uh, i normally do an uh, in-game live on a friday night so 
Uh, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. Uh, we got our poll question up. Uh, the Greek freak, who's really not Greek, gets an over $200 million contract extension. Who should be the highest-paid player uh, in the NBA? Pretty even vote so far. Uh, all are overpaid babies leading the way. Not surprising. <laughs> At 38%. Uh, LeBron James, 33%. And then other and uh, Giannis uh, getting 14% of the vote. Someone asked uh, if he was born in Greece. He's a citizen of Greece. He's Greek. Uh, where's the confusion? Well, he was born in uh, Greece, but he, there's no Greek blood in him. That's why I say he's really not Greek. Uh, his parents are Nigerian. They, they came over uh, from uh, Nigeria to Greece. So he grew up in Greece, but there is no Greek blood in him. So in my book, that makes him not Greek. And it took him 18 years for the country to actually give him citizenship. So it's not like he was born there, like here in the United States. If you're born in the United States, you're an American uh, for the most part. But that, that wasn't the case. It took him 18 years. All of a sudden, after 18 years, they said, OK, you're a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, yeah, OK, you're from Greece. Uh, no, so I, I'm not buying into it. Thank you very much. He's not Greek in my book. That's why I always say the Greek freak is really not Greek. All right, 844-843-6879. Uh, you got to get to some NFL stuff as the Dallas uh, Cowgirls double down on our guy, uh, Mike McCarthy. And uh, we got some more college football stuff to get to, more NBA stuff to get to. And uh, NFL, we're going to play the strip down game. Which club needs to be stripped? Basically, everything can start over again. At the hour number, we're going to spend Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.